0: just going to um i'm just going to print my notes so that um, i don't have to look on my screen okay. mm i'm just going to grab them. I forgot
1: I had all these extra pages, and so it just printed, like, 12 pages, which
0: I don't need. That's all right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. This is actually really surreal.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> um yeah I guess so but also just like it's i the genius project like the genius
0: podcast like what even is this life <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind. I was. Um, So uh, my background,
1: I am married to Paul and we have three small children, Sebastian, Joshua and Charlotte. um, They're aged five and under. Um, And we live on an acre of land in Albury, New South Wales. We have alpacas, two alpacas. Their names are Coco and latte. And um, they're very cute and we have five chickens and we have to like, like we have an acre is enough land that you have to kind of be able to manage the pasture, so to speak. Um, And yeah, so it's been a a learning experience Um, and yeah, we we love it. We both grew up in Sydney, so country living is very different for us, but we, yeah, we've loved it um and it's yeah just the idyllic country life like my husband cycles 10 minutes to work um and we're like yeah it's just awesome so um yeah um and so I guess how I came to coaching um I guess all my life I've been a very fearful anxious um Warrior kind of person um very yeah worried about kind of what others are others are thinking um fitting in and um social like group situations I would almost never for a long time would never want to speak up um if there was more than like two other people <laughs> listening um and um yeah just really given to a lot of overthinking and and things like that um and I sort of had two um pivotal I'll just focus on on one of them so a pivotal moment was when I decided to go into teaching because I had always said I never would um because you have to be I know you have to be like up in front of a class and and everyone's looking at you yeah um so I, uh, after I studied a bachelor of advanced mathematics um, at Sydney uni, I um, did a, um, I went into a bachelor of theology and I was just like, this stuff is amazing. I have to like, have to like really wanted to share it with, um, with others and um, ended up kind of discerning like I had a real conviction that God was asking me to go into teaching and the finally the conviction and like commitment and excitement with of sharing it overcame the fear like I was still afraid and nervous but it was my first probably one of my first experiences that of like feeling the fear and doing it anyway um, and so yeah so I became a maths RE teacher but I never ended up getting to teach any religion because no one wanted it. Everyone just wanted me for my maths. (laughs) So um, but that was fun. Um, And I enjoyed it, but it was, I was nervous every morning and like looking back, I can see that it probably took a more significant toll on me than I quite realised at the time. Um, And... Um, and I, I guess maybe I could have managed it better. I just, yeah, didn't really know how to do that. Um, anyway, got married, became a mother, stopped teaching. Um, and when we moved to Albury, I had just had my second baby a few months before that. And I ended up being hit pretty hard with postnatal anxiety um, because there was just, just so many like new baby, small kids, new place, didn't know anyone, um, new job, um, all the things. And um, yeah, I just, and I wasn't taking care of myself. So in the process of recovering from that, I became really interested in the whole idea of the restoration of the mind. Um, And I tried lots of different things. So there was like the um professional help side but then from a spiritual perspective I was like had like I listened to tons of podcasts um just trying to like fill my mind with I guess goodness truth and beauty and and hope and everything um I tried um having scriptures posted around the house um affirmations, um, reading books, um, just having my Bible open on the bench in the kitchen. Um, and all of those things helped. But it wasn't until I discovered Catholic mindset coaching that, all of a sudden all of these different things like came together and it all just kind of clicked. and I was like, this is the best. <laughs> thing ever (laughs) Um, yeah so I had the same I guess the similar experience where I was like I have to teach this to other people Um, and and I just felt like coaching brought together my skills in problem solving from mathematics and teaching and explaining and breaking things down from teaching and then it's all kind of interwoven with um, the, the Catholic
0: perspective so, um, yeah mm Mhm Um, Mm. So hard to believe. <laughs> I have actually. This is
1: a funny, a funny story. I, um, when I did physics in year twelve, I had to do a presentation. And partly I wasn't feeling ready. I hadn't really prepared very well, but there were only two of us in the class. And the other girl um, was like, she'd done debating. She was an excellent public speaker. And so I just went into all this drama about like, I'm going to be compared with her. And I just couldn't handle it. And I just like, broke down in tears and couldn't do the presentation and it was only in front of the teacher and this other girl and then in the end I just did it in front of my teacher um just the one person she had had pity on me
0: but yeah I was just like (laughs) hmm Mm-hmm. Oh, no. (laughs) Mm. Mm. yeah I um that um
1: all of the the stuff you've done with yeah what it means to be a woman um I um was at a youth leaders formation course back in the day and Jonathan came and spoke and he had like there was some little competition or something maybe like a lucky door prize or something and the winner got a signed copy of your Um, I think it's the genius of womanhood. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. And so talking about the feminine genius, and I just like loved that. That was like the best explanation I had ever heard of all the characteristics of the feminine genius. And that's always my go-to of like, okay, what what does like sensitivity mean? I want to remind myself. So yeah.
0: (laughs) That's why it's so surreal. I'm like, oh my gosh, Karen Doyle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. mm mm-hmm. Hmm. Um,
1: oh, well, maybe I'll, um, yeah, no, it's, it is a hard, hard one to summarize. Um, I guess it's helping specifically Catholic mindset coaching. Um, it's, I mean, we put, um, the Holy Spirit is the change agent, that which is, I mean, as you say, that's where secular coaching falls short. You might have heard some of these um, buzzwords of, like, alignment and manifestation um, and abundant. And it's like, hey, you're stealing our words, people. <laughs> yes. Like, we're supposed to manifest Christ to others. Like, Christ came to give us abundant life. Um, we're supposed to be, like to align our minds with the truth um but for um in the kind of new age kind of sphere it just stops there it's like you just kind of it's just it stops with the self and like you're the change agent and like maybe maybe the universe (laughs) is (laughs) the thing that you get aligned with whatever that really means um but uh yeah so so it's uncovering um I would say essentially uncovering the the thoughts that you're thinking and helping you hold them up to the light of truth and look at, look at the truth, but also the goodness and say, well, what are the fruits? Um, what am I bringing about in my life? Um, and
0: um, Yeah. one of my yes sorry one of my favorite questions to ask um
1: ask a a client when i'm coaching is um so we're looking at a specific thought and asking them what's the tone of this thought and because then then the follow-up question is well okay is that how god speaks to us and most of the time it's some version of like accusatory condemning um yeah harsh critical and then you say well is that well is that how god speaks to us and they go uh, no. And whereas 10 seconds ago, they thought that, that this thought was, was helpful and, and, and pretty factual, really. And then it's like, oh, hang on. That puts a different spin on it. And then also another one, who, who, do, you, who do you think wants you to continue to believe this thought? And it's like, oh, yeah, looking at the fruits. These aren't good fruits. They're not leading me to God. I'm actually
0: playing right into the devil's hands here. mm mm-hmm. And there's a sorry, and there's a lot of um
1: kind of learning about emotional health, which um is um especially pertinent to us as women. Um, but yeah, a lot of us don't really know how to identify our emotions and and what what to do with them and how to process them. And um it I have forgotten where I was going with that. Um that's annoying.
0: <laughs> it was it was really good did you say before emotional health but why did it why did i start saying that whatever whatever (laughs) Right. Sorry. <laughs> um i guess
1: i like the image of um tilling the soil of your soul to so if you imagine um that uh like you imagine a ground that nothing's been done to it it's just rock hard when you try and water it the water can't penetrate the ground it can't soak in Um, If you scatter seeds, they're just going to sit on the surface. Um, And so if God's grace is like water, when you kind of dig up the soil and um, break it up and loosen it, seeds can actually be planted and the water can just soak right in. And I just find that a really good image for how the difference between when our hearts are hardened and when we are receptive to God's grace and what he wants to say to us. Um, and tilling the soil is what coaching does Um, that's yeah been such such a powerful a powerful thing for me and just coming coming to a better understanding of how surrender is active I'd heard that but I didn't really understand it Um, but coaching and self-coaching because you learn to kind of like a coach it we're not just like talking to you and then you're on your own. We teach you to like implement tools every day for yourself. Um, So, so yeah, doing, um, doing that self-coaching is, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a really active process to like break down the lies and uncover the thoughts. Um, But yeah, so it's, so it's that, um, and there's a, it's a real like that human formation, growth in the human virtues, the acquired virtues, Um, And and that human formation as a human person, um, cultivating our our intellect and will, our mind and heart, that lays the foundation for then the spiritual formation that a spiritual director
0: um, would provide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, the journal, um,
1: Oh, it's just made my prayer life so much deeper and, and richer and um, I feel like I am just hearing God speak to me so much more clearly, not just when I'm doing the journaling but then because my mind is like less chaotic. I can hear him throughout the day. Um, And um, I find that um, I also have, when I go to confession, I've got specific like lies that I'm like, oh, I was like choosing to believe this thing that's like not true and didn't have good fruits. And so instead of only confessing behaviours, I'm also bringing lies that I believed um, to confession, which has been powerful, and it's so. That's that's one practical example, I guess, of how that helps till the soil of, of the soul, and that that's like an, a, new, a new opening for that sacramental grace to come in that wasn't
0: there before, um, and. Mm. Yeah,
1: and um I had um that was one of the things that I had tried um before doing doing journaling and kind kind of one thing that I tried to do when I realized I was in a really negative place with motherhood and just every day being like overly frustrated with everything and resentful and all the things so I was like okay I'm going to try and like intentionally write out like try and choose to be grateful for the hard things and like that there's something really powerful about writing that like, cause thoughts, thoughts are slippery and it's hard to, to catch them. So when you actually write them, you can see them in front of you and you can take, take every thought captive and submit it, submit it to Christ. Um, and so, but, and that process um, of writing it, trying to, I, was, I guess I was kind of trying to force myself to be grateful <laughs> for things. And that process was helpful but the the Metanoia Journal, I guess it's a much gentler kind of it. Like leads you through, and it's like God meeting you where you're at. So instead of me trying to like force my way to like, well, I should be over here, it's instead going, okay, Lord, here's where I am, and He can meet you there. And then, and that's why um, affirmations I found a bit they didn't really help as much as I maybe would have liked because if you don't believe a thought, if you don't believe in a new thought, it feels like kind of off and you then like some people will just say, I'll just keep repeating it like a mantra until you do believe it. But that like, A, it feels weird. And B, it's just not going to help. Whereas yeah, this, this gentler process is like, okay, this is where I am. What can I believe? What feels believable? To me even if we know that something over here is true because like we like say it's in scripture we know that such and such is true um maybe our just our heart's not there yet and it just like god's gonna like lead us through we um a tool that we use is a belief ladder so it's incremental beliefs um that you can yeah
0: work towards Yep. Hmm. I think, yeah, we get, we get very impatient. We're like, I want to be better now, <laughs> but God is a God of process. Mm-hmm. mm 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 Well, that's a big question. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah. So um, um, the one of the the main tools that um, that we learned with Metanoia Catholic is is the model, which I know you've spoken about um, with with Erin Ingold on a previous episode. Um, and the thing that strikes me the most about that tool is this idea of words becoming flesh, the words of our thoughts are made incarnate by the actions that we take as a result of thinking our thoughts. Um, And so it's, so it, I mean, it all comes back to our thoughts. Like that's how we co-create with God by choosing to dwell on the good, the true and the beautiful and we're receptive to his grace and have that kind of ongoing interior dialogue with him, then, then, then all the fruits in our life
0: are going to be things that we're co-creating with him. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mean like
1: practically bacon? um what would the first step be? I guess, so Metanoia Catholic have a free PDF of their journal. So I would go and get that um, printed off and um, and they have all these little videos that explain each of the exercises. Um, and, yeah, they'll just kind of lead you through the process of um, of learning how to just put all your unfiltered thoughts down on paper and and choose one and then sort of analyze it a little bit and say, well, what are my what are the fruits that are coming from it? Um and yeah. Did you want me to talk about the <laughs>
0: the five themes? <clears throat> Um, maybe if you
1: just ask if I can like give a little, it's like an overview of, of the model.
0: Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, I guess I'll start by saying
1: um, there are really five themes that um, all books on the spiritual life, um, at least when they're kind of dealing with just the human formation level um, and personal development books, these are kind of five themes that they all have in common. Number one, things happen in our lives that are outside our control and we need to accept them. Um, Number two, your attitude matters, your thoughts matter. And um, maybe in the personal development world, they might just say, think you need to think positively, but in scripture, we find in Philippians four, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Um, So yeah, so our, our mindset matters. Um, And number three, you have to allow your feelings because if you don't, bad things will happen. Um, and um, I just have a, a quote from Father Jacques Philippe. The most painful suffering or painful emotions is the suffering we reject. Um, and the catechism tells us that um, our emotions are neither good nor evil. They're neutral. Um, and um, from Ecclesiastes, um It says there's a time for everything and a season for every affair under the heavens, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Um, So, yeah, getting making peace with our emotional life is a big thing that we that we do um, with Catholic coaching. Number four, um, you have to take action. Um, Like scripture says you shall know them by their fruits. Like our actions show us what we really believe. So if we say we believe one thing, but then our actions show something else, that's evidence that there's a thought behind those actions that, and that is the thing that we're really believing. Um, And like James, um, James chapter two says faith without works is dead. So um, yeah, we've got to take action. We can't just sit there. Um, And then number five, we, need a vision we need to have goals and they need to be aligned with god's kind of vision for our life with which ultimately is is to go to heaven um so uh from proverbs without a vision the people perish um psalm 127 unless the lord builds the house the builders labor in vain um so yeah so those two things we need a vision and it has to be um god's so So there's these these five themes, and what the model does is it takes these five truths about the interior life and um, integrates them with the church's teaching on human nature and theology of the body, how God made us, um, and puts it all into one tool that helps us to better understand our interior life and to steward it better, um, and how how kind of on the in our interior life we're interacting with the circumstances and and what's going on in the world and how it's producing the actions and results that we're seeing in our life um and so so yeah so those five themes are summarized by the five words that that you might have heard in a previous episode circumstances thoughts feelings actions and results um and the the key part, which is related to why our thoughts incarnate the results in our life, like the words of our thoughts become flesh, the key part is um, the connection between thoughts and feelings. So our feelings are how we physically experience our thoughts in our body. Well, then that just blew my mind when I, when I heard that, um, that it's our... Um, yeah, our thoughts become incarnate in our feelings. We like we feel our thoughts, um, which I think is just such an interesting idea. And so then, our thoughts create our feelings, and then our feelings drive our actions. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so this tool um, helps you come to greater awareness. Of what's happening in your interior life become a student of your interior life and um and integrated with with the journaling it becomes this like powerful prayerful process where you can take that understanding and submit it to our lord and say hey like what's your interpretation um what do you have to say to this um and to invite invite our Lord into all the painful
0: emotions that we experience. (laughs) Probably the best place is on
1: Instagram. That's probably the most (laughs) up-to-date place. Um, I do have a website, but it's, it's not super up to date. Um, so that's um, Wholehearted Fiat Coaching. Um, yeah, on Instagram.
0: <clears throat> well, most welcome. It was such a pleasure, Karen.